Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Coming up, we're going to tell you all about our Diz exclusive Adventures by Disney trip to San Francisco and Disneyland. Coming up next, from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 836 for the week of August 4th, 2015. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Adventures by Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Warner. Joined at the table this week by my good friends John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Hello. <laughs> Is it something I'm doing? Well, yes. your, your voice your voice goes up and down. Like so, when you're doing a sound check, we've got your level set, but then like you get like louder and softer and louder and softer. Get softer. Getting very it's, intimate with that microphone. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, Kathy Worling. Hi, everybody. Julie Martin. Hi. And back in the production nook on the switcher, Rhino Clavin. Hello. Along with our producer, Dustin West. I'm also here. On the switcher. <laughs> That's what my father would call it. <laughs> the, the remote control? He's working the switcher. He's working the clicker. Well, in this case, it actually is the switchboard. So. Um, all right, so we're going to talk to you about the uh, very special um, Adventures by Disney trip that we did just a few weeks ago. Um, that was the uh, a combination, actually, of two Adventures by Disney trips. There was the uh, San Francisco trip that is a considered one of their long weekend trips, something they recently started offering in the last few years. And we combined that with a backstage magic that, of course, uh, for those of you who have been watching for any length of time know that we do these all the time, and uh, they start in Hollywood and uh, go on to Disneyland, and we get to see a lot. It's a it, it, we get to see a lot of great stuff that nobody ever gets to see unless you do one of these trips. And uh, it's almost a rite of passage, I think, for Disney fans to go have these experiences. And the only way you do it is through Adventures by Disney. So, Kevin uh, Kevin had the idea of putting this together um, specifically so that we would end up in Disneyland on the day of the 60th anniversary. And uh, it uh, it took an awful lot of hard work um, on Kevin's part, and uh, having to change a lot of things around to make this work. And uh, but that also, I think, made it an even more special experience. That it was different in a lot of ways than uh, the the normal backstage. Not that the ones that we do aren't great, but this had a lot of extra elements in it. Certainly being there having this great vantage point to watch the celebration of the 60th anniversary uh what was was something i'll remember for the rest of my life and i think everybody else who was on the trip will say the same however our trip began in san francisco and before we start talking about that dustin has put together a little overview of that part of our experience so here's a little bit of san francisco all right well thank you for that dustin that's a, a little look at uh our uh, our experience in San Francisco. For those of you listening and not watching, you can check that out on our YouTube channel. That'll be up along with the show on YouTube probably late today, early tomorrow. Um, so we're going to hit some just some of the highlights of these trips because if we try and do a blow by blow of everything we experienced in, on both trips, we're going to be here for three hours and 
I'm not used to doing segments anymore, so this is like pushing it for me as it is. Um, as I mentioned, the San Francisco trip is what uh, ABD considers a long weekend. So it's, I believe, four days, three nights is the uh, is the experience. And uh, uh, your hotel for this experience is the Fairmont, which is a legendary hotel in San Francisco. Um, and, uh, you know, I've had my issues with Fairmont hotels uh, in the past, I've, especially the one in Vancouver. I wasn't a big fan. So I was a little, had a little trepidation going into this one. Now, it is an absolutely beautiful hotel. Had some issues with this hotel, too, but um, nothing approaching what I had in Vancouver. Uh, one of the nicer hotels that ABD has in their repertoire, I would say. It reminds say. me of the place we stayed in Florence on our last Italy trip. That Weston that we stayed mm-hmm. in, right on the river. That's what this reminded me of. Yeah, it's uh, quite a quite a gorgeous, gorgeous property, and the rooms were very very comfortable. Um, I had a number of things in my room that didn't work, um, mm. or were broken, or the wallpaper was bubbling and things like that. And it was kind of my feeling about the Fairmont brand in general is that <clears throat> it's a five star shell with a three and a half star room. Um, and uh, <clears throat> it's not it's not up to four season standards, in my opinion. However, the Fairmont in San Francisco in particular is not charging what the Four Seasons charges. Average room at the Fairmont runs about four hundred dollars a night. We're going to pay double that at the at the Four Seasons. So you bear that in mind as well. But it's a great location. It's uh, very uh, centrally located. And we had the room right next to yours and didn't have any of those any of those issues. issues. So, so I, I think no, this like was the, the luck of the draw. Fairmont kind of aims for me, I think. Exactly. Yeah. I will say this: we had incredible views from our room. Oh my I mean, lord! That, that now, I need to be awesome. honest. When we got there, we were looking for a very specific type of room, and the only way we could do that was to upgrade from the ABD room. The view that we had is not a standard room used by ABD. We upgraded. We However, paid. the upgrade price was fifty dollars a night, yeah. and oh. the girl at the front desk acted like she like prepped us for it. Listen, there's going to be a charge, a sizable, <laughs> a sizable upgrade charge, and we were like, oh <laughs> okay. my god, was he seven hundred dollars? You know, yeah. they both grabbed the the desk. Oh, what yeah. is it? Well, the presidential was available, but that was four thousand dollars a night more. So oh. <laughs> I wow. said, but no. I do want to, the, the view that we had that was not a standard view. No, no the so. view we had was of uh, we had a beautiful view of Coit Tower. Um, which is iconic in San Francisco. Uh, and uh, we also had a view of Alcatraz. Yeah, Alcatraz. And uh, so it was kind of, that was kind of cool. And this is the, the home base, uh, obviously, for this particular trip. And uh, it, uh, the, one of the things, because I guess it's a long weekend trip and they're going to pack a lot of things in to that, that, that four, uh, really three full days that you have. Uh, this trip, unlike other ABDs, actually, you know, you starts in the morning. Um, it's not yeah. a welcome dinner. It's a welcome breakfast. Yeah. You really and need to have a pre-night. You have to have a pre-night um, because I don't think, you know, unless you're lucky, you're not going to get in, you fly in and get to that hotel in time to start this. No, breakfast was at 8 a.m. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, if you're so, coming from the East Coast, you'd be leaving at midnight the night before. Right. You really need to have a pre-night. <laughs> and then it's breakfast and then you hit the ground running and there's yeah. stuff going every minute. As and we talk about this, I just want to say that because of the special nature of this trip, ABD starts the San Francisco weekend on the same day for every trip. It starts, I believe, on a Thursday. Because our trip started on a weird day, we did all of the things that are part of the normal weekend. We just packed them into the days differently because 
we had the vendors had to make room for us they had to adjust their schedules because we weren't following the standard procedure so, so our days are a little mixed up for if you're looking at the itinerary online you just won't see that we did this in the same order. Right, but we did the same thing. Exactly. So talking about the highlights, obviously, um, one of the things that they do with us is we take an open-air trolley throughout San Francisco, and you know we kind of get, get to see the city. Um, and uh, that, that was neat because we went through a lot of different sections. Uh, however, it's probably the most uncomfortable vehicle uh, you could ever hope to sit in, and you're in it for a good solid three hours. And on top of that, we had exceptionally fine weather. Yes, we did. We I, had unusually it was 75 good. to 80 degrees. And, and sunny. And sunny, which every, everybody in San Francisco kept talking about, how'd you do this, how'd you do this? I would assume that this would be even more uncomfortable if it was 40 degrees. But it was chilly. it was cool to go through Haight Ashbury. I love it. Yeah. We also go. had a step on guide, who a local guide who was great fun and very informative. A- absolutely, uh, one of the places that they do, of course, stop to for you to get out and take pictures is uh, uh, Golden at the Golden Gate Bridge. There's uh, what was it called Fort Fort Point. Point. Fort Point um, is the vantage point from which this particular picture was taken. Um, Dustin, Mike Holland, and I had actually gone out a, a couple nights uh, before and done some night shots uh, down at Fort Point. And it is the place to go if you want to take pictures of the bridge, especially around sunset or you know early evening. You get some amazing, amazing shots. I think one of the best pictures I've ever taken was that black and white that I took. I think that's in the, uh, in the lineup. Um, it was kind of cloudy and a little rainy, and I had just enough time to take this shot uh, before the rain started. Mm. We had to like grab the camera and get back in the car. But uh, Isn't that moody? Yeah, very film noir. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, being at Four Point, we did a lot, you know, took a lot of pictures pictures there. Um, the, uh, the, other, um, the other highlight, uh, that particular day anyway, was, uh, was the water bar, was what it was called, right? That was the restaurant we had dinner in that night, yes. Well, dinner in, in air quotes, because it was more like hors d'oeuvres, um, like finger foods. Very, very good finger foods. But A it lot was of it, enough for everybody to eat as much as they wanted and get full, but it was just, and I think they prepped us for it, too. They said, I just, we want to let you know that this isn't a sit-down meal we're going to deliver to you, yeah. but it was just, it was a bit odd. I ordered room service. Um, Did you really? When I got back to the hotel, I was starving. Well, there was a lot of things on there right. there that I couldn't eat. Um, there was some. They, they they served some food. They brought things to the table, but then there was also a little buffet. It was it was more of a cocktail party than a dinner. Yeah. But I will say this: that the food um, that night and the food throughout this portion of the trip, uh, some of the best I've had on an ABD. Um, I thought that they really nailed the food on this well. And there was um, a variety. You want to talk to l- about lunch that day? That, that's right. Lunch that day was uh, called My China. And uh, that was superb. It was in a it was in a mall. And when they told us we were going to have lunch in a mall, I'm thinking food court, like you know, <laughs> Panda Express kind of thing. And I apologize because I don't remember the gentleman's name, but apparently this is a celebrity chef who's very well known. And we had a set menu, but what was it? Eight courses? Seven they courses? just kept bringing. Food. They just kept bringing more food. And if you didn't if you didn't have enough, they brought you more. Of the food. Oh, wow. The food was, in my opinion, I loved it. It might have been my favorite meal, but it was 
really and you know the tables we were set up at these long tables so there was enough for everybody and everybody was sharing it i enjoyed it i thought the, the food was great and the chef came out and did like a like a, really like a high energy demonstration similar to what you'd see at like benihana or at uh teppanyaki in japan um, where he's like flipping stuff around and he's throwing stuff. Remember when he came? He did like the noodle dance, the noodle right? dance and he stuff. He did how they made noodles. Um, Something else about that the mall. If you're looking for a Pandora bre- bead in San Francisco, this is the mall that has the Pandora specific. store. Specific Pandora bead. They're very hard to find in San Francisco. It's in the mall right near the restaurant. Now another highlight of of this trip for a, a lot of folks. I did not do this particular uh, part of the trip, but. Uh, well, no, I, I was skipping ahead here. Right, in the morning, that second morning, we did Angel Island. Angel Island. And I don't know that anybody went into Angel Island knowing really what it was. Well, you know, I, you know, I see something like that, and for me, it's like, okay, is this going to be a lot of nature? And it's also going to be history. Yeah. So well, history learn. doesn't history doesn't bore me nearly as much as nature does. Um, and so it's I, an indoor boy. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> So I was just like, okay, you know, go, you know, go along to get along, and it actually turned out to be incredible. It's one of the highlights of that weekend. I I was kind of blown away by by how cool this was. It was a great tour, um, a nice little picnic lunch we had on the island, and uh, some great history. I had no idea there was you know there was like buildings from the Civil War and. Um, a, a lot of a lot of history because uh, this was at one point a U.S. Army installation. Yeah, it was also the Ellis Island of the West Coast. It's where anybody immigrating to the United States came through, as they did on the East Coast. It was Ellis Island. Here it was Angel Island. And um, during World War II, it was a Japanese internment camp. It was, yeah, it was an internment um, camp. Wa- the, I apologize again. I, there's a lot of names, but the gentleman who is um, mostly responsible for Bambi spent a great deal of his young life on Angel Island. Hmm. And I apologize. Please don't hate me for this that. This was sort of the Disney connection, right. is that he was one of the artists who did backgrounds okay. on Bambi, and there was actually um, a poem he wrote on one of the fence, fence posts oh, in the camp, okay. still standing. The irony being that when we were on that tour, we actually saw a deer, and a baby deer, mm-hmm. and... Yeah. And they said, like, this never happens. Oh, wow. It was actually in your video, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like they're so afraid of people just because of the amount of foot traffic on the island. And And that was the inspiration for Bambi on this island. So I thought that was, I I liked it a lot. And this was, you know, this was the morning of nature because we go from Angel Island to uh, Muir Woods. Um, which is the home of, you know, the California Redwoods and these just stunningly large trees. Very cool, very neat experience. This was one of those things where after we went like 10 feet in, I'm like, okay, saw it. <laughs> okay. This People. is like a giant redwood theme park. It's in the middle of this valley, and they give you the history of it that this was carved out, and this part was donated, and this part is untouched, but the rest of this used to, the rest of the area used to look like this, and this is what remains of that. Mm. So, it's very much a tree museum. 
Some people loved it. Some people walked the whole park and went all the way back. Oh, we did inside. quite a bit of walking, and, yeah. and it was it was beautiful. But, yeah, I agree with you. After I got to the gift shop, and I was done. <laughs> I'm over. Did you buy a tree? No, we bought stuff made out of the trees, which I thought was ironic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems a bit ironic. It's absolutely lovely. But it's not nature. I mean, they've built a wooden boardwalk yeah. over every yeah. bit of the ground. There are trash cans. There are trash cans. I mean, it's not like you're out. This is not, you're not out in the woods by yourself. foraging through the jungle this, for dinner, yeah. This was, however, my first time laying eyes on a real honest-to-God redwood tree. Too. And Us too. I couldn't have asked for a better way to, to do that instead of, like, having to hike out into, like, the, the Did you hills. touch one? Did you reach, there was the one where that was yeah. close enough where you could touch it? Wasn't it weird how it was, like, spongy? Yeah, spongy it is spongy. And yeah. If this was a land in Disney, they say that land, about me when I'm sweating. That's <laughs> <me> spongy <laughs> and damp. If this was a land, this would be Redwood Land. We yeah. went to Redwood Land, and I'm really glad it's there. But it's like a tree museum theme park. I well, just, you know, in in a lot of ways, we got to experience everything that California Adventure was built to showcase right. um, about the California experience. Can I say one more thing before you go on from that? I what I started to see was I started to see the pattern of George Lucas. I could see where he got his inspirations on oh, this trip. Okay. That's oh, yeah, lived. this is very much uh, Endor. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was a part of San Francisco we saw that was the cranes where he got the inspiration for some... The ad walkers. Right. And I have to correct you, this is the forest moon of Endor. The actual forest planet moon. of Endor is inhabitable. Okay. Well. <laughs> Does anybody else feel geek? Uh, yeah, I caught that. Mm -hmm. So okay. Also, we saw another building, the Palace of Fine Arts, in, on the trip, which is the inspiration for R two D two. Yes, R two D two. That's, that's one, one of the things they were telling right. us. Okay. Well, the moon of R two D two. R two D two because R two D two is uninhabitable. Lucas's, um, you can see that he grew up there. That is actually his. So that's what I enjoyed about a lot of this. I could see his inspirations. Just wondering why the camera was on me. Sorry, you were talking about this. I just realized there's a mistake in my article now about Star Wars in the park because I kept referring to it as Endor, and now I'm like. Damn it. It's the forest moon. Yeah, and it's I a good thing he's paying attention, somewhere. huh? Oh, it hasn't pub that, that particular article hasn't published yet, so you have time to go okay. back and change it. Okay, focus on us. Um, but, <laughs> so, yeah, that uh, uh, some some of the highlights uh, from from that day. And then that's when we ended up in... No, that's the next day. No, the next day is when you went out to uh, Silverado, which is the winery owned by the Disney family. It was started by uh, uh, Diane Disney Miller. It was Walt's daughter. And her family uh, owns and operates it uh, to this day. Uh, I'm sure you know she died a few years back. And uh, so I, uh, I stayed out that, uh, that portion of it. Um, it's no secret to anybody that's been listening for any length of time. I'm a recovering alcoholic. And, um, you know, I just, I'll go back to a, a phrase my father uh, used to say, alcoholic has as much business at a winery as a eunuch has in a whorehouse. So, um, I, uh, hand to God, that was the man's phrase. Uh, so I sat that one out. I just didn't feel like going. Um, and uh, so, so you guys the, can talk about that The experience. beauty of any Adventures by Disney trip that we tell everybody, this is your vacation. You can do as much as you want, as little as you want. Obviously, you have to figure out if, you're, if the trip is going to contain other elements, how do you get to those places? But if you like, Pete didn't want to do it, so he worked out a plan to get to the next spot. I was just going to say, but then it's, it was Pete's responsibility no, to then I, I'm set it up. But like you figured out how to, you know, you told them I have to be at the next spot. I'm right. not doing right. this. Usually, what happens you. with an ABD trip is if you opt out of something, 
and you're not going to take ABD's transportation, then you're responsible for getting to the next location. Which is what I expect. I personally expected to do. I was just like, I'll just go down and grab a cab and, you know, yeah. go over. They were very nice in setting a car for me. Um, the winery actually was a highlight for us. Kevin and I went. We don't drink just because we don't like to drink. And we thought, oh, well, we'll go because everybody else wants to go. We want to be with everybody. But it wound up being a super, an incredible highlight. And we, we had so two much different fun. experiences. You know, there was something for everybody there. There was a wine blending that most of the people participated Tasting, in. Tasting, blending, pouring from one glass to another. It was actually like measuring. Uh, wine chemistry. They were telling us all about like the pH levels and stuff like this. We had three uh, individual types of wine. You had a Cabernet, you had a Merlot, and then you had another one. And I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember it. And everybody came off that trip drunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not everybody. Drunk. Most. The but vast a majority. lot of people were asleep on the bus. Oh, like, we got to blend our own wine and stuff like that. It was cool. We had a crafting experience, and when they first <laughs> talked about this, I thought, please don't bring me popsicle sticks. It's like Bible school. <laughs> no, well, Is that what you actually, <laughs> picture. There were 13 of us. In the mic. <laughs> there were 13 of us, and there were two children, and 11 adults, and it became this sort of crafting competition. I, I don't know that I've laughed so hard in a very long time listening to Paula Sillers and her mother from New Zealand <laughs> berating each other for being poor crafters. <laughs> it was full contact crafting. Oh, and Kevin kept running around going, I have to get a glue gun. I have to get I a glue gun. I used a glue gun before. And I thought, I'm going home and glue everything to John's desk. I swear to God. <laughs> One of the highlights of this part of the trip for me was you could see there was a building on the winery where um, Lillian, Lillian, they, Lillian, Disney. Where Lillian Disney actually stayed. She and I thought there. that was I incredible. I that picture. During the montage film, you actually showed it. So you did get it in there. It's not it's a nondescript little brown dot in the middle of the valley, but that was where Lillian spent the rest there of her life. There was a lot of, uh, on the winery tour, that the, the portion that you guys were on, there was a lot of Disney history uh, woven into that building itself. There are stained glass, uh, big circular like cathedral-style stained glass windows overlooking the production facility that are in the design of a flower, the lily. Um, and that's part of their family. Um, and then also, um, all of the most of the artwork that is in this certain hallway of the production facility is all done by Disney concept artists, artists from back in the day. On top of that, there's a huge collection of vintage movie posters. Mm. I mean, and we're talking large scale movie posters. So that was fun to walk around. John and I did nothing that had anything to do with wine. We didn't taste it. We didn't mix it. We didn't put it in bottles. And I thought lunch that day was fantastic. And we had the best time. Yeah. This was a very peaceful place to hang out. I mean, you're in the middle of Napa Valley in this absolutely beautiful building. And we sat out on a really sunny terrace and waited for folks to finish up. And then we all went and had lunch in an absolutely gorgeous room. It was a fun day. And from there, we, uh, we went over to, um, for me, the highlight of this trip, the Walt Disney Family Museum. Oh, first, we went to Lucasville. Actually, we did that yesterday, according to what we're talking about here. So yeah, I think we over. got this out of order that day. You no, know, you were at the winery. <laughs> I met you. Yeah. Yes. You were coming from the winery. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. To the Walt Disney Family Museum. Um, sorry. I believe it was the next day was Lucasfilm. I don't know. Or would Which one? However it happened, we'll get to that. No, we ended but, on the Family Museum. but Okay, but the Family Museum, right. We did that the day before. You're right. Um the Walt Disney Family Museum, for me personally, highlight, highlight, highlight of this trip. 
Um, I've heard people talk about how wonderful this museum is. Um, you know what? You're just not going to get it till you go. Um, it's kind of like ABD. Uh, you're just not going to get it till you do it. And I was blown away not just by the um, the the content of what's there, uh, but by how much was put into the layout and the the organization of it, how it flows and tells his story in a way, you know, for those of you who've been to Hollywood Studios and you've gone through One Man's Dream, um, you know, take that with millions of dollars and a lot more content that literally tells you Walt's story. I mean, complete with original artwork that he drew while he was in grammar school. Mm. And, you know, I mean, just incredible pieces um, and going into detail of his the various stages of his career leading up to starting the studio and of course you know the game changer for him really was Snow White and it's 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 a very emotional mm, very experience. Much. How for much? Any, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, how much time did you get to go through there? I switched. John and I switched this trip around. We were supposed to have two hours. We were going to end the day at the winery. And John and I flipped that. I said they need to have as much time at the family museum because none of this group is going to be okay with two hours. No, no one's going to be happy being rushed. So we ended at the end of the day with about three and a half hours of time. However, that's enough time to get an overview. Right. For your first time, that's enough time. There are people who say you could go and spend two days there. I find that when I'm there, I get bogged down in weird little details. I spent 15 minutes of my time in there watching this little tiny projection of Diane Disney Miller's recollections of her family's private vacations. And all of a sudden, you realize you were looking at a part of Walt that you don't see. Yeah. Right, right. You were lo- and that's really why she said she did the museum. She wanted people to know Walt the man, Walt the entrepreneur, and, but she wanted people to see Walt the father. Mm. And I watched, and you know, it's not like there was something fascinating about it, but you were drawn into it. Right. And the more you watched it, the more you realize, you know, you, you start to think about famous people as living a very different life than you were. Yeah. And you watch this little vacation video and you realize it was a family. Mm-hmm. There was a family. Behind all of the magic, there's a family. Yeah. So, One of the things about this museum is they do switch out quite a bit. They, they have a very large archive of uh, material that they can bring in they and take out. They were hoarders. They, well, were hoarders. they also but, work very closely with the Walt Disney archives right, right. Um, to get a lot, of, uh, a lot of exhibits. And one of the things that was there this time that wasn't there the last time we were there, there was an original hand-drawn Mickey, one of the first ones Walt ever did. Yeah. Oh, really? And it blew me away. Yeah. Absolutely wow. incredible to see that. I mean, the, the um, amount of things that there were to see in this museum were incredible. But in addition to that, there was also an exhibit going on, a limited-time special exhibit of uh, the art of Walt Disney and Salvat- uh, Salvatore Dali. Okay. And because uh, apparently they, they collaborated together on Destino. Destino. We have quite a few of those pieces in our home. <laughs> Your children have nightmares? <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, you know, that, that was also, you know, very, very different. Yes. Um, very cool to go through that part of the exhibit as well. Um, one of the things I was looking most forward to in this trip and I, I just, I have to say, probably the largest disappointment for me 
uh, on this trip was our visit to Lucasfilm. Hmm. And I want to I want to put this in perspective. Um, I'm, you know, we on the backstage magic trip. We go to the Jim Henson studio, and we're given unprecedented access uh, that no other group is given. Uh, no other groups do Jim Henson studio, uh, the Jim Henson studio, and and ABD is the only one that does. And you know, we're given a tremendous amount of access uh, to see things that nobody would ever get to see. Uh, the creature, uh, the creature barn, for example. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, of course, we go to Walt Disney Imagineering, where we get to see again things nobody gets to see because they don't do tours. So my expectation was kind of on that level, that that's what was going to happen yeah. at Lucasfilm. And I was just like palpably nervous and excited to get in there. And, you know, God bless our guides. They're wonderful. But there was this whole, one of them came out in a Jedi outfit and, <laughs> and was doing this whole thing. And I was just like, oh, for the love of God, I, I just refused. want to get inside. I refused to put it in the And video. we had to sit and wait while they took a, a picture with, with each individual family with the Jedi. I'm like, oh, oh okay. my God. Yeah, I saw those. One of, yeah. the, one of the things that was kind of cool about that was you got a picture in front of the Yoda. Yeah. The, Yoda out, the Yoda fountain. The Yoda But I think uh, the picture just, Dustin and I took was... Uh, uh, Dustin putting a lightsaber through her stomach. <laughs> they're, they have they have uh, photo ops in Adventure by Disney trips in the same way you would have like um, the photo pass people at, at Disney World or something. They'll they'll take photos for you and um, everybody lined up to take a picture with our guy dressed up as a, a, a Jedi. I was not amused. Well, lined so. up implies that we were looking forward to doing it. <laughs> this was something that was forced upon was us. Forced upon um, us. So this was entrance into the rest of the building. And, and we, in retrospect, we talked about it and. Now we know why, because Lucasfilms was not the experience I think a lot of us were expecting. We did not get a big tour. We did not get a chance to huh. walk this through is, the building per se. This is so their, this was their way of sort of padding that. This experience. is also their executive offices. Um, this is not the Skywalker Ranch, uh, which is really the legendary place. Uh, where George Lucas, where a lot of this stuff happens and a lot of the magic but happens. But now that there's been Ranch. there's been some reorganization in the last years, and it's currently home to um, Industrial Light and Magic, Lucasfilm proper, the production company, um, uh, uh, Lucas Arts or their digital um, gaming division, and a bunch of other um, you know kind of executive type things. This isn't necessarily where all the creative stuff is going right. down, right? And so we get to go into the lobby, and the lobby, by, to be sure, is absolutely awesome. I mean, life-size Darth Vader and Boba Fett. And, uh, Who's you know, that? Boba Fett. He oh, Boba Fett. Boba okay. Fett. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Boba Fett, it's Boba the, Fett. Who the hell cares? It's the moon cares? of Boba Fett. You really? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to gag the nerds in the back in a second. I didn't say anything. Um, I ain't in the mood. Um, so we... We kind of, you know, and there's some like really cool pieces of artwork all, all around the lobby, and some interesting books. There's awards, his awards. Yeah, I mean, so there's some very, very cool things, and so we get some time to look around and take pictures, and then we're brought down a hallway. Uh, one of the things that George Lucas collects are vintage movie posters. So there's this hallway uh, is lined with these great old movie posters, but most of them in uh, 
in other languages. Mostly you know? Italian. Yeah. Spa- oh, a lot of spaghetti westerns, um, old, old western movies and samurai movies, which he drew a lot of inspiration for for Star Wars Absolutely. and Indiana Jones. Yeah, you can see that. And then they take us into a, the one of the many screening theaters they have in the facility. This is the largest of them. And uh, we, you know, were shown uh, what really amounts to a couple of sizzle reels, which were very cool to kind of show off what they do at Lucasfilm on Industrial Light and Magic and things like that. And then we had someone that worked worked there uh, that took about, uh, I'll say, about ten minutes to answer some questions, and that was it. Huh. And I was, you know, there was a part of me, you know, that 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 kid that saw. Star Wars in the summer of 76 or 77, whatever it was, with his father, uh, that was geeking out that I was here and that, you know, in this building somewhere is the new Star Wars film that, you know, can I just, someone distract them and let me, let me, let me sniff around. Uh, but at the same time, you know, again, having had the experience at Jim Henson Studios and at the archives, I was expecting more and I was a little disappointed. So it is certainly awesome. Uh, and it's great to be there. I wish that I had my expectations better managed. Well, I think this is part um, of what is our responsibility when we go on these trips is to tell people that, you know, these are the really great things and we get to see this. Yeah. This is the, the truth behind what you see here. So maybe the next person who goes on this trip who's listened to us will know this isn't what you think it's going right. to be. You don't get to run rampant through Lucasfilm and touch you statues. You don't get to try in the costumes. And this would be my one piece of feedback, especially now that Disney owns uh, Lucasfilm, um, that they probably need to beef this up. Um, yeah. They need to do something a little bit above and beyond uh, just the sizzle reels. The, the sizzle reels are great, but we want to see more. Um, and... Uh, we want to understand. I mean, look, it's the home of industrial light and magic. It is the birthplace of modern special effects in films. Every film that you love that had special effects in it, guarantee you somebody somewhere from industrial light and magic touched it at some point. Um, so, you know, there is so much more that could be done here. Um, I realize I'm not set up for tours, but neither is Jim Henson Studios, and neither right. is. Um, I think if you had not been to Henson Studios and Imagineering, this would not have seemed smaller. This would have been a big deal. No, I don't know. I don't know. I think, you know, you get to go to Lucasfilm. I think, generally speaking, people would have expected something other than the lobby and an yeah. eight-minute film yeah. reel. There are two things that I'm a huge fan of, like huge, huge fan of. Disney theme parks and Star Wars. And my experience at Disney Imagineering every time leaves me going, oh, my God, this was a fan's Mm -hmm. dream come true. This didn't have that same feeling. When we were standing outside and we were kind of looking at the grounds, which has an interesting story behind them, but not worth going into here, we were looking up at the building and there was what I could best describe as a glass hallway connecting two buildings. And we were looking at it, and we were speculating, and we were taking our cameras and trying to see closer. (laughs) And that looks like it's an outline of R2-D2 and stuff. And I thought, are we going to get to walk down that hallway and see those statues or those maquettes? And none of that will happen. So I think that's what... Yeah, I I just think they can... uh, There's some work they can do there. Uh, Overall, though, the San Francisco trip was phenomenal and a great way to see an iconic American city and do it in that Disney bubble. And... uh, you know, get a great experience. Uh, these are not inexpensive long weekends, $2,700, $2,800 a person uh, for that. That is on the outside of what I think it's worth. 
Um, it's expensive, but again, you're getting, you're having all your transportation handled for you. You've got two amazing guides. And a step-on um, guide. And the step-on guides. Um, and, you know, you just show up and they handle everything else. There's a real premium for me for yeah. that. Um, from there, we did something most people don't normally do when they do the San Francisco ABD trip. We got on a plane with our guides and headed down to Los Angeles for the start of our backstage magic trip. And they had never done this before. This is the first time it's ever been done between these two trips. And despite Delta's best efforts to screw everything up, <laughs> our guides did an incredible really job. Did. Uh, our guides, by the way, were Hanukkah and Summer Rose. And Hanukkah, not spelled in the Jewish sense, but I think it, uh, she's Finnish. She's or Dutch. She's Dutch. Dutch. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, they were they were incredible. They were they were wonderful, and they they really had their work cut out for us. For I just want to step group. in for just a second. This was the part of the trip that gave everybody that works for ABD fever. <laughs> the phone calls and the texts leading up to this. Are they okay? Is this going to work? Is it going to go well? Is everything okay? I think we could hear the sigh of relief once our butts <laughs> were in seats. Um, they did it, in my opinion, it was as seamless as it could possibly it be. It was. Because imagine 40 people have now yeah. showed up to check into the airport to get, well, actually, they checked in for us uh, the day before. Right. But to show up at the airport with your luggage and get your luggage yeah. through and go through security, it was It was incredible. But we it, it went very well, and um, <clears throat> I'm not going to go blow by blow through uh, uh, backstage magic. We had a couple of, uh, you know, th th there are some things that it will always be highlights. Uh, the lunch at the Tam O'Shanter, which was uh, uh, Walt's favorite restaurant. Um, they actually still have the table that Walt always used to sit at wow. uh, that you can go and see, and they take your picture sitting there. Uh, also, many of the animators from the studio Walt used to give them money and they used to go over and have lunch there and it's speculated that some aspects of uh, Sleeping Beauty were inspired by this restaurant and when you take a look at certain rooms and certain windows and certain doorways you can kind of see where that might be true this restaurant is historic it's 90 some years old the finale of The Office was filmed at this restaurant. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I recognize it. Of course, there's also uh, Jim Henson Studios, which is a perennial favorite. And, you know, it's funny. One of the things that uh, I've done this trip now, I can't tell you how many times. And uh, when I ask people, what is it you're looking forward to the most? Um, uh, for, I would say, maybe 40 to 50 percent of the people on these trips, they say Jim Henson Studios. I can't wait to go to Jim Henson We had a celebrity sighting. At Henson Studios. Yes, we oh, did. Yeah? We saw Brian Henson. Yes. Oh, What's funny that's is, neat. I don't do this trip anymore. I've done it several times. Long story short, my eyes don't adjust to dark light often or free, fast enough. So I kind of sit outside and watch. And what they do is they split our group up into other into smaller groups, and then they alternate activities. And they would all be in this uh, central meeting area, and everything was fine. They would walk through the doors, and J or Brian Henson walks through the lot, parking <laughs> lot. They would come out, and I'd say, "You just miss Brian Henson." Oh, so the groups would switch, and he'd walk back through the parking lot. <laughs> right. So I mean, Jim Henson Studio certainly one of the highlights of the uh, of the trip. Um, then, of course, we go to the... Uh, Before you go there, I wanted to say one more, I think, highlight for all of us, especially, I know you love it, is uh, Chinese theater. Oh, God, yes, of course. Yes. The, um, they've changed the tour around. They used to do a tour of the uh, of Disney's uh, El, Capitan. El Capitan Theater. 
And now they do the Chinese theater, which is now the oh, TCL okay. Chinese T- theater. TCL, you're right. Sorry. And I've actually, uh, last time we were out there, uh, we got tickets for everybody to see uh, the, the, the Lord Hobbit. of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings, or the Hobbit movie, the new, the last, the last Hobbit movie. And uh, it's an incredible theater to see a movie in. And it's storied and beautiful. And Eli, right? Oh, Levi. Levi was his name. Uh, does the tour. He's unbelievable. Un- unbelievable. Um, and that was a shot of, I think, Levi that you just had up there. Um, Do not agree more. The other thing that happens at this theater that I don't think people realize is that there are usually costumes, actual screen-worn costumes oh, in the lobby. Okay. This time was Terminator Salvation, and then some Judy Genesis. Garland. I don't know. Okay, I, I didn't pay you all geeked out at Star Wars. I need a minute. Okay, <laughs> I geeked out at the, the the Chinese theater in the lobby is Victor or um, Scarlett O'Hara's green curtain dress. Oh, okay. oh wow. Okay. Marilyn Monroe's gold pleated dress from Gentlemen Prefer Blonde. Okay. Judy Garland's Dingham outfit, dress. The Dingham dress. The Gingham dress. Shmata. And uh, Rita Hayworth's gown from Gilda. Oh, that's All neat. within like 10 yeah. feet of each other. Cool. And they're all geeking out over these costumes yeah. in Star Wars and I'm thinking, oh. No, Terminator. You know? <laughs> they're all plastic. <laughs> this was, I geeked out. All right. And it's just it, it's a it's a great part of the tour. The tour actually starts out uh, at uh, at the theater. Uh, of course, you know there are things we are not going to talk about. Details we're not going to talk about because we feel that everybody should have the experience. Um, I will tell you this time around at at Walt Disney Imagineering, they roll out the red carpet for us for our groups. They really do, and they do things for our groups that they don't do normally for other groups. This this time, they just blew the doors off the place. It was... Hmm. I can tell you that I was so blown away. And it's really hard when you've done this, I don't know, eight or nine times now? Um, it's really hard to say that sometimes, and I'm blown away by... Because sometimes but, it's easy to go in and think, all right, we're going to do this again. And then you go, I can't believe well, it. Well, honestly, I never say that about Imagineering. I, I don't think I could ever do Imagineering enough. But this particular time, what they showed us, what they pulled out of the archives for us, just sent me like, oh, my God. Kathy, I, we'll tell you after the show. I'm going to say, you're not leaving the room till I find out. I just out. have to share something. I won't give away any details. Don't say names. I won't. But they showed us a couple of things. And I turned around and I said to the gentleman who's with us on every one of these trips, oh, my gosh, what made you do this? He goes, don't you remember last year I asked you what you thought you'd like to say? And I said, yes. He goes, there you go. And, you know, you sit there and your mouth goes open and you think, I am seeing exactly what I asked for. I said, I'm not telling you anything more. Show me something different next year. I'll, I'll tell you what. I, it was incredible. It was incredible, and yeah, Kathy will tell you afterwards. Okay. Um, but I don't want to ruin anything. No, because they, you're not going to see the same thing. Well, you're right. They change, but they the fact that they change it up for us every time, I think, is awesome. You, we also get to see, I, and I, I'm going to brag. Our group gets to go places and see things that they don't show other groups. Right. That's what I was just saying. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That they do things for us that are not part of the normal a back ABD backstage magic. Um, of course, though, the, the ultimate highlight and the thing around which the rest of this trip was organized 
was being in Disneyland Park for the 60th anniversary. And again, ABD delivered the goods. This is a tough day to take a tour around the park. Um, this is a tough day because it's a busy day. It is. There's a lot of production going on. There's a lot of VIPs in the park who have taken up space that we would normally occupy. Yet they still managed to make sure we had a great vantage point. There were a bunch of seats set up uh, for invited guests, and then there was an area right behind them, which is where we were, which is the vantage point from our uh, uh, that our video was shot at. And of course, uh, there was some people online that were annual pass holders, uh, Disneyland annual pass holders absolutely flipping out because we were positioned in front of them and they'd waited all night. Well, we waited two years and we paid, what, $7,000 a person uh, to do this trip. So next time, think about that. Uh, I also I felt a little bit bad for them because I did walk in and kind of block the sun. So it was kind of like, okay, let me step to the side and hopefully they can Well, have, you, know, you know, they would never promise that they were going to have promised, un- uninterrupted right. or, you know, unobstructed views right. or anything like that. Um, but you know, I, a couple of people were telling me some Disneyland annual pass holders get really entitled. Um, and But anyway. I'm going to um, change the direction a second. Every conversation I have had with Adventures by Disney or anyone that works for Adventures by Disney since the inception of this trip, I would say to them, do not think you're going to pawn me off with switching our days and sending us to California Adventure on the 17th. I have fought for this trip to start on this day, so we were in this park this time, and I said, all I expect is that the folks that are with me are going to be beyond the turnstiles on Walt's anniversary. There was a great deal of self-satisfaction that morning. Sure, there was. And the idea that we got to see that ceremony from that location was really a a coup by... And and people were were very emotional uh, in our group. at that point, you know, no, first of all, Valerie uh, cried. Valerie <laughs> cried. <laughs> That's not surprising. Oh, no, <laughs> somebody in our group who I do would not expect to cry completely Mickey lost. Mickey, Mickey McGee, McGee kind of, it hit her that morning. Yeah. This was and a very long trek to get these people in here, and I, I have to say, it was an emotional morning. It's like, we did it, we're here. And it was, um, you know, again, that particular day on this trip is always special because we get into the park before it opens. Uh, this particular time, the Main Street was lined with uh, Main Street was lined with cast members uh, that were cheering for us coming in. They were there um, for us, you know. And uh, yeah, and uh, I would have been blubbering my way down Main Street. It was, uh, you know, it was particularly special. Um, but you know, even you know, normally we, there's not a 60th anniversary when we do this. Um, this is still an amazing day. This is a day mm-hmm. when you do it get is. to see Walt's apartment. This is a day when you do get to have backstage experiences. Again, not open to the public. You can't buy a tour that will do this. It's only Adventures by Disney. You get an experience at Disneyland that you don't get anywhere else. And it was um, these extra things that were added in with the 60th anniversary, some of these extra touches, just made it that much more fantastic um like i said i have done the backstage magic i i really have lost count of how many times i've done it i'm i'm usually on them and <laughs> i've got one coming up in december and i can't wait i am so excited and looking forward to it i love doing them i love being out there uh i love the guides they give us i love the experience that we get to have i love watching a lot of my joy now comes from watching the other people mm. on the trip 
get these experiences. Um, you know, I love that I got into a certain room at Imagineering before Kevin did. <laughs> and I was able to come out and say, brace yourself, Bessie. It's coming. You're going to fall on the floor. That's the room <laughs> where I was standing there, and I turned around and I said, and he said, you told me last year what you wanted to see, and here you go. It was and incredible. It was incredible. So and what did it mean to you guys to be there for the 60th? I had a bunch of emotions. First of all, you know, being a Disney fan, it's kind of like, it's the genesis of everything. You know what I mean? I, the movies came before, but to me, the parks are the parks. So I had that. You know, I'm on, 60 years later, I'm standing where everything started. There was also the emotion that I had worked very hard and had promised people and had talked people into spending a great deal of money. And there was a great deal of self-satisfaction is not the right phrase. Just relief mixed with yeah. happiness kind of thing that we pulled this off we're inside and this all took place around the hub and people had waited 24 and 36 hours out on the esplanade to come in and then it as soon as they were let in laid on the sidewalk to make sure that they had standing room we did our regular tour of the park where we got to see things that one of the things we did was we got to ride the Matterhorn in the morning with one of the Imagineers responsible for the reefer who explained the things that happened in the Matterhorn and gave details about it. Then we went and did the rest of the things that we would normally do. As it came time for the rededication ceremony, all I can tell you is that we were coming out of Adventureland and ABD found a vein in this crowd. In single file, we walked through this amazing crowd of people and were plopped right behind the VIP guests. So the fact that it w- it made me very emotional. Yeah, it was it w- it was it was a great experience for me. The emotion, um, obviously, you have that that feeling of you know, wow, sixty years ago, what was this like? And yeah, um, but also for me, it's that just that sense of gratitude that I get to be here, I get to do yeah. this, and yeah, I think about the I think about the number of things as a Disney fan that I've gotten to do and. You know, I sit here and talk about how I get to do, you know, all these backstage magic trips. And, um, you know, that uh, that never gets I, I think it doesn't get old for me because I always remember to be grateful for it. And yeah. that a lot of people would love to be able to do that. And I'm very blessed and fortunate um, mm-hmm. because by design, by my by, you know, if I'd gotten what I. I almost want to say if I got what I deserved, I certainly wouldn't have this. Um, cause I, God knows I made a lot of mistakes and I did a lot of things wrong. Um, so when I find myself in a situation like that and think about, you know, some of the path my life has taken and some of the things I've done, I say to myself, wow, you know, God is good. God is good. And thank you for this. Thank you for letting me be able to be here and, and, and experience this with these people, these people that become our friends that we have this uh, great connection with that we get to see over and over again cause they travel with us to different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. I've, um, you know, it, it's, and that all stems from what we do here and what we do on the site and what we do with dreams and the people that make that happen. And that just that sense of overwhelming gratitude and feeling very, very fortunate. Um, I was overwhelmed with it that particular day. Um, also, by that point in the trip, I was done. Um, <laughs> it was a very I, tiring trip. This was an exhausting sure. trip because, you know, the, the San Francisco trip is, again, they're packing a lot in four days. So you're going. 
And then, of course, the backstage magic for anybody who's done them. They're also packing a lot into that five days, and you're going. So by the time we had done, because we had to be, we had to meet in the lobby at what was like four thirty, quarter for to five Disneyland day, yep. to go into the Disneyland, and so none of us had had a lot of sleep, and many of us were in the park until late that night because mm. we stayed for the fireworks, which are oh my god, incredible, <laughs> and so is uh, Paint the Night. Oh um, the parade is in- amazing. I'm less impressed with fireworks. I live in Orlando. We live in the fireworks capital. <laughs> yeah, they still did an amazing job. Yeah. They're, not, they're great. This the Paint the Night Parade is is the most spectacular parade. It's I've ever yeah, seen. it blows Spectro out of the water. Oh wow! And I love Spectro. And yeah. at the all at the end, it's so they do things in this parade that are so unique. And at the last float went by, John goes, "I think we're all now Scientologists." <laughs> <laughs> I still don't understand how that float worked. <laughs> it was it was an incredible uh, an incredible trip. Um, it was a very exhausting trip, uh, but well worth it. Um, again, memories that you'll have for the rest of your life. And although there's only one 60th anniversary for Disneyland, there is not just one uh, San Francisco backstage magic trip for. I was us. just going to say, let's sell this puppy now. <laughs> um, we are going to be doing this again next year. Uh, we are working on the contracts now, and it will you, happen in July. It will happen in July. So, if you are interested in joining us for one of these, Kevin at DreamsUnlimitedTravel.com, send him your information. He'll put you on the wait list because uh, we already got names on the wait list for the next one. I was just going to say, the, the, people are going to get this email in the order in which they've responded, and I have had a lot of response so far. If you're interested in just doing a backstage magic without the San Francisco component, we're doing something different than we normally do. We usually do a, a spring trip, February, March, something like that, and a Christmas trip. We are doing the July combined trip, and we have, I believe it's October 23rd, for a Halloween backstage magic. Oh, cool. Should be fun. Never been there for Halloween, so I'd love to have that experience. Really? Yeah. So you, we did a Halloween uh, backstage magic one year. You weren't on that. No, I don't think so. Wow. I think that was Paris. Yeah, that was Paris. Oh my God, all the trips run together. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> overall, an amazing ABD, an amazing job done by Kevin. Um, also, one more thing: if there's two. Up to four people, two, three, four people who are interested in traveling with us this December. I have spaces for two people if you're interested. Okay. okay. All right. December so, 13th through the 18th. Looking forward to that trip. So with that, uh, again, Kevin, thank you so much for all the work you did. Thank you. Putting that together. Fun. It was, again, a, a first-class job. If you get a chance to experience a trip that has been tailored by Kevin, you are in for a treat because he's amazing at tailoring these trips now. So, and to John also for the work he puts in to making all that happen um, and helping organize and keep everything from going off the going off the rails. So, um, it was a great trip. Thanks to everybody who joined us. We hope you enjoyed our little trip down memory lane here. Uh, that is going to do it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be with you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, go visit Disneyland. I'm not kidding. Stop what you're doing. Now. Bye. Bye.